sometimes you got to remember to plug in your mic. There we go. That's off the bench. I am Tanner Hayworth, not Josh Pacheco. Um, we have to also make sure that um, Mike, that Hunter's mic is also on I think we're in the board now. for Mike too. All right, we're awesome. We're all in. That was, we're it's a rocky start. But hey, we're gonna get through the today's we're going, show. Man. We got forty minutes. We're we were gonna... on the bench to start. Now we're off. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, Tanner Hayworth filling in for Josh Pacheco, uh, Hunter Hughes staying on the side. You know, making sure that everything stays consistent. There we here. go. That's right. Um, we are coming off that Lakers Grizzlies game where the Grizzlies do take game two of the series as they head to L.A. in a one-to-one series on that wall of sound that we just came in from. That was Warriors owner Bob Myers talking about the Draymond Green suspension that came down late yesterday uh, during Off the Bench. You uh, and Hunter had a – you and Hunter. You and Josh. Me, myself, and yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> you and Josh had, uh, you know, your whole discourse about whether or not Draymond Green's suspension was deserved, uh, you know, all that good rhetoric and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think Bob Myers said it perfectly. <clears throat> hey, man, it happened. Now we just got to, you know – we still have a game to play. We still got a game to play. Yeah. So that will be game two as sometime. Uh, oh, no, game three. Sorry, they're down 2-0. That, is that what, tomorrow or in two days? I believe. Um, let me check the schedule It's real one quick. or the other. Yeah. But um, the NBA playoffs already, you know, shaping up to be a great be first round. Yep. All right. Tomorrow at Golden State, Kings Warriors. Uh, Warriors are down uh, two games to none. And uh, – to be honest, Tanner, I could actually see them playing better without Draymond. You mm. get Poole in there or even Gary Payton. So kind of like a Ja Morant kind of situation it's, with the Grizzlies. Man, uh, that's, that's a good bouncing off point. Yeah. The, the Grizzlies winning game two against the Lakers uh, without Ja Morant. Now, and didn't look like they needed him at all. Exactly, because I remember there was that uh, the, that period of time last year where John Morant was injured and the Grizzlies went like 27-2 and two or something crazy like that. Yeah. And now overall, in the last two seasons, uh, they kept showing this statistic where the Grizzlies have only lost 17 games in the last two years without John Morant. I mean, that's very respectable. Uh, I think it's just a matter of, you know, you don't got Jaw out there, so maybe it's a couple of other guys, whether it be Desmond Bain, whether it be Tyus Jones coming off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. That feels like they got a chip on their shoulder, and they got to step up. And they stepped up very well without Jaw, as they were just offensively on point and defensively as well, very on point to keep the Lakers uh, pretty much closed off for the entire game there. And, yeah, so filling everyone in, Tanner Hayworth, and for Josh Pacheco, in about 36 minutes, we're going to be sending it down to Growler, Hawaii, for the really big road show number 10. You got guests like Lily Wahine Kapu. You got guests like Morsek, Bailey Choi, and others. Uh, a lot to really take in today. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines. I see we got John on the line. John, how you doing today? Well, as a Cubs fan, I'm really happy that uh, <laughs> the Cubs went out there and won six out of seven. There we go. And, hey, it's uh, the athletics. Um, it's the athletics, John. Shush, Tanner. Keep <laughs> going, John. Two, two out of three against the Dodgers. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. And by the way, uh, the Dodgers and the uh, uh, Padres are coming to Wrigley Field starting tomorrow. But uh, we'll see what uh, what happened. But it's uh, – you know what, I, t- I, I don't know, like, how far these guys are going to go. I am delighted with uh, 
how well they're doing this year. And I ain't saying I'm going to be watching them in October, but the only thing I'm saying is if you come over there and you're on the opposite end of the diamond with the Cubs, you better be ready because you better bring your game because uh, they ain't no pushover like last year, and they can beat like right now I think on, when they get going, they can roll like anybody in the league. And, by the way, they're playing uh, – uh, Tampa Bay in a, about a week and a half, I noticed. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, and then they're playing the Cardinals, I think, in about like two and a half weeks. I'm That's really great. looking forward to the Cardinals, who I refer to as the evil empire. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, because uh, I don't – I can't think of anybody that I like beating better than the St. Louis Cardinals. I agree and with right you. And right now, I think they're very beatable. Well, it's just that I like beating the Brewers, but to me, they're not – they don't have the cred that, that the Cardinals they do. Don't. So uh, that's a, yeah, I, I, okay. Just to be a little gross, I call the uh, Milwaukee Brewers the snot-nosed kids. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> and the, thank you for keeping it PG. They've been around since like 1967 or something. <laughs> and uh, the, the Cardinals uh, have like 11 world championships. So it's like, you know, I, I like, I like beating both of them, but it means a lot more me to beat the Cardinals. Well, John, congratulations for your Cubbies. Thank you for the call, John. Thanks, John. Um, yeah, they've been doing um, lights out. Hap, um, Dansby Swanson, even Wisdom has been doing pretty good. Uh, because of all that Cubs talk, we're getting pretty close to our break for Sports Center. Uh, that's going to be coming right after the traffic coming up next. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench, ESPN Honolulu, Tanner Hayworth filling in for Josh Pacheco alongside Hunter Hughes. Uh, filling in for Josh because he's going to be down at uh, Growler Hawaii down in Kapahulu uh, for the really big road show the number really 10. big road show. Make sure you get your way down there. There's a lots of giveaways that we do as well during the breaks. But also in order, we're going to have Lily Wahine Kapu, Big West champion. Uh, for the uh, Wahine basketball team. You got Bailey Choi um, coming back. And then I think uh, that might be in 6.30 around, definitely in the six hour, you're going to have Morsek, who his personality is as tall, is as big as he is. Nice. Uh, so he's always going to be a fun interview, fun guy to talk to. Um, yeah, make sure you make your way down. And if you can't, uh, just stay right here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM, uh, to catch all of that. Now, Hunter, we were just finishing up, you know, watching that playoff game between the Grizzlies and the Lakers where the Grizzlies do take uh game two as they go one and one going into LA as the Lakers, you know, finally make their way back home after about a week. Now, if you are the Lakers in this situation yeah. and you just watched what just happened, are you more elated that you're at least one and one? Or do you feel like that this might be, enough positive momentum for the Grizzlies to close the door on you. Mm, I'm more on the side of the Lakers thinking they're up in the series with it being 1-1. I feel like the Grizzlies are much younger, uh, in much better shape to physically go on a run in the playoffs. However, they may not have the same playoff experience. Now, tonight was kind of exposing for the Lakers in that if Anthony Davis does not get them at least 25, they don't have a chance of winning. Right. He can't be a guy that's only getting them 13 points and eight rebounds. If he, you are one of the other superstars of that team, it's too much pressure on LeBron. 
Now, LeBron's going to go out there and get, you know, he had 28, 28 tonight. He's going to get just shy of 30 every single time he goes out there. But take away Hachimura's 20-point performance off the bench. Where are these points coming from? Mathematically, they're not going to be able to keep up with Memphis, who, honestly, if they were shooting the ball halfway better, they, they should have had probably 120. So, to me, they, I think tonight was kind of exposing of we we need to get it on offense a little bit more consistently. Well, not only that, you also do see a little bit of a little bit of just exposed kind of in your starting guard spot. You see D'Angelo Russell, one of their big trade pieces that they made earlier in this year who's not been doing that bad, but yeah. um I think about the I think it was the play-in game where he just did not look good. Yeah. So much so that Dennis Schroeder uh finished the game out for him and you know, almost had the game-winning three, but, you know, unfortunately, due to a foul, it did not become a game-winning three. But you see D'Angelo Russell in 30 minutes, five fouls, five points, two for 11, and one for five from three. Mm. So first, then you're like, okay, then we just got to throw in Dennis Schroeder maybe. Well, in 16 minutes, dude goes 0 for 3, zero points. So... Uh, it's a it's real it's a real struggle for the Lakers at this point because if D'Angelo Russell goes cold, then you have to hope that Dennis Schroeder doesn't also go cold because after those two, your like third string point guard is basically like what LeBron James, who yeah. does a really great job, you know, doing what he's got to do to facilitate his possessions. Like you saw in the fourth quarter where the play just seems like it's an ISO for LeBron in the post and he's backing down whoever he's backing down and he's just waiting for someone to double team you because as soon as he gets double teamed, he passes it straight off to the guy who's wide open. And unfortunately for LeBron, a couple of those points uh, didn't happen because some of those were passed to Jared Vanderbilt and a guy who's, you know, pretty good defensively just doesn't have a pretty much not a very deep bag offensively. Uh, If you know, he's he's not very offensively gifted for the people that don't understand the reference. So, yeah, I my, my one critique would be that LeBron wouldn't go into the corner to kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, corner himself down there. Right. Because, yes, it attracts defenders over there. They're trying to keep him from uh, hitting his patented fadeaway. Um, but it's difficult to swing the ball from that corner where – um, the double team actually creates penetrating lanes yeah. on the other side. So I would hope that he um, finds the stamina to kind of penetrate towards the basket a little bit more. And when um, he did do it, yeah. he was pretty – I mean, I think other than one possession where he got tripped up, he when he wanted to drive in, he drove in. Yeah. But like I said, I think agreeing with you, if Anthony Davis can't step up and get a big fourth quarter in that game – and that was all she wrote, and that's basically what happened. And, you know, big shout-out to the defense of the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. They were very locked down. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. just doing whatever he can, defensive player of the year. Um, Xavier Tillman, you know, he is basically the Grizzlies' third-string center. I remember talking about him a bunch last year as a guy maybe that you could look out for. But in his, you know, start, because Steven Adams is out as well as Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman goes 22 points, 10 of 13, and 13 rebounds. It really just never felt like that anyone was boxing him out whenever mm. he was going out for a rebound. So Xavier Tillman with um, leading uh, the team with 22, Jaron Jackson with 18, 
pretty much that's all you needed uh and that's all the grizzlies needed because of what you win 103 to 93 in today's nba if you can't get over 100 what are you doing mm. uh so shout out to the grizzlies there as they look to get some more positive momentum as they get closer to the second round i'm sure dylan brooks would love to get this series totally well. um you know what and i i saw it on a, a thread earlier that the the Memphis Grizzlies love to talk trash when they're up. Yeah. And this was one of those games where they were doing exactly that. They were awfully quiet in that first game whenever they were losing. And now they act like the big dogs when, in all reality, they haven't won anything right. yet. So, yes, I, I agree that they're looking to gain some momentum off of this win. But uh, you got to go back through L.A. now. So right. it's a different story. And, you know, I saw this on Twitter and I want to know how you feel about this. It really feels like Dylan Brooks is doing his best, like Lance Stevenson impressions out totally. there. Totally, he's he's like the or a Draymond Green. Yeah, he's the most like unlikable version of Lance Stevenson, in my opinion. Mm. Because right now, when you when Lance Stevenson did what he did to LeBron James in that era of LeBron, that was villain LeBron. It was a big deal. That was Miami Heat LeBron. And, like, it was the blowing him in his ear. It was, like, all of the little stuff he was doing. And everyone's like, ooh, this guy's gritty. I love that. That's right. And that's what that's how the Grizzlies He's started. Afraid. And that's how, like, you know, the Grizzlies started, where they were like, oh, they got some attitude to them. I kind of like this. Yeah. But then that attitude just kind of got too big for them, it really felt like. And then you get, you know, it's a parade inside my city. Yeah. You know, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they were chanting, but it was the same chant that they had last year when they were playing the Warriors where it was like, whoop that kind mm. of stuff. So I would love to see the Grizzlies lose here, but at the same time, they really shouldn't be losing this series at all. It's the seventh seeded Lakers team. You could This is the inconsistent Lakers that we've watched all year long where you're like, how are they not in the playoffs <laughs> yet? And boom. That's why, because they have a game like that just waiting for them right around the corner. Now, uh, early in the show when we were starting, we were talking a lot about the Warriors, and we had that uh, clip from Bob Myers, the owner yeah. of the Golden State Warriors, and we just you know brought up Draymond here, you know, on off to the side. But in Game Three, Golden State versus Sacramento, this is the first you know like away game for Sacramento, you know, especially after that really great home performance for sacramento yeah how do you see this series playing out because i'm this is probably the most exciting series i think in the first round i think so josh was disagreeing with me there um but i think there's more yeah, attention josh, come on yeah i think there's more attention on king's warriors than really on any other series right now especially with the drama going on with um <laughs> Zabonis and and uh, Draymond Green. Yeah, it just is adding fuel to this fire. So it's it's a physical series. I love the fact that geographically these teams are very close to each other. Only eighty miles separates these two arenas. So it's kind of almost home field advantage for both teams. However, the Chase Center is going to be pumping right um, tomorrow night. I think if. Curry isn't able to get north of 30, they're losing this series. Because the the Kings did a pretty good job uh, yesterday, or two days ago 
shutting him down where shutting him down is 25 points and they shut him down from three i think that was the biggest thing where they did let him drive a lot and he did score off of his layups but the most important thing is making sure that steph doesn't you know become automatic from three you saw it a little bit at the end there with clay thompson where you could tell they're they're like okay clay just made a three here let's run some more pick and pops for clay and just just drain a three as quickly as possible and clay really was trying there but the kings were able to close the door on them if you're the warriors and now you have this big draymond sized hole in your starting lineup i mean what what do you do because in my opinion right now there are a lot of pieces that if they had the same pieces from last year i wouldn't be worried but what I'm worried about right now is there is no um, like an Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter for the Warriors last year was super instrumental off the bench. Mm. Um, dude was automatic from three, yeah. uh, especially in the final series where, look, as a Celtics fan watching that game, every time Otto Porter had the ball outside the arc, I knew it was going to go in. Yeah. And. I don't know where Otto Porter went. He went somewhere, but I think he was also dealing with an injury. But they were never able to fill that hole because I think they wanted a guy like uh, Kaminga to fill that hole or even, you know, their top three draft pick, James Wiseman, that they traded away to Detroit. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Warriors did a very good job at all this free agency to look towards the future because what they had in their uh, in their locker room what is not going to cut it right now. Moses yeah. Moody and Kaminga are not developing. James Wiseman basically is a bust at this point because yeah. he's out in Detroit doing who knows what. And they were they got Gary Payton Jr. back at the trade deadline, which he is an amazing help for that bench unit because yeah. he and um, Jordan Poole, they're just like they're like the mini clay mini Steph basically they're not as good as the splash brothers but they're still you know viable guys to have off the bench that will create a spark both offensively and defensively pool and Peyton both and I just don't know who you put in the starting lineup that's gonna replace Draymond Green or at least emulate something to shake up the Kings like Draymond Green. Sure. I mean, I I see that. However, it looks like Golden State's going to have to play with three guards um, with either putting Gary Payton in there or um, Jordan Poole in there. Because when you look at it just from a who's going to get us Draymond's production, Draymond only had eight points in game two. Well, I'm not thinking offensively. I'm thinking defensively mostly. That's the one thing that I'm worried about most for because – I think if Draymond doesn't get ejected from the Kings game, I still think the Kings win. Mm. I just think that it's a lot closer because right after Draymond got ejected, you saw De'Aaron Fox all of a sudden just churn it on where he just grabs the ball. The energy shifted immediately whenever Draymond scores left. every time. Totally. It was, it was a moral loss for Golden State. And to me, that's going to be a, a big objective for them is can we regain momentum in this game three? Right. And I think that's going to be 
a very fun game to watch. I'm oh, very excited. I'm Look, pumped. I've been I've been a bean team guy all year long. No one believed me uh, in this office, but <laughs> I also never really talked about it enough because I didn't want to be uh, embarrassed to talk about the Sacramento Kings. Um, coming up next, we got a lot of talk about here. Uh, Tuatongo Vailoa was at the podium today talking about his experiences this offseason and what he's expecting to do this season with a lot of really brand new faces in that Dolphins locker room. I'm Tanner Hayworth filling in for Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes with me on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM, 1420 AM. Tanner Hayworth filling in for Josh Pacheco alongside Hunter Hughes. Uh, in about nine minutes, we're going to be taking you guys to Growlers Hawaii for the really big Ridge show where they're going to have such great guests like Lily Wainekapu, Bailey Choi, Marsek. And it's, it's kind of like a UH student athlete. Yeah, it's a real UH-like vibe. Yeah. Today. So make sure to get your way down there. Uh, if you can't Panel. make it there immediately, hey, it's a two hour show. Uh, you know, enjoy one of the 100 taps that they got. They got a lot of really great food, too. Josh always talks about that mac and cheese with the brats. With the bratwurst. Yeah. I might have to try that. I might go down there tonight and, you know, try that out, you know? There you go. I haven't made my way outside of the studio in a very long time. Are you headed so. that way after this? Yeah. Oh, cool. So hope hopefully it'll be a good time. Hopefully I can find parking. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if push comes to shove, there's plenty of street parking on. The, yeah, I just have to walk o- on the other side. <laughs> even even if uh, right out in front of there, I've scored plenty of street parking Perfect. right there. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah, I needed some secondhand evidence. And then if push came to shove, you could also always park at Alawai. Oh yeah, true. You didn't hear that from me. Uh, I didn't didn't hear what from you. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, after that weird, like, emptiness of sound where I didn't hear anything from Hunter, that really got me thinking about, you know, today, this morning, uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa was on the podium uh, kind of going about what his off season was like. And he was talking about, you know, him even thinking about retiring. He sat down with his family uh, and he, you know, came out and just said, you know, at the age that he's at right now and him wanting to see his son see him play at least once he's not going to retire and you know i respect the choice from tua i know there's going to be a lot of people out there you know the sideline doctors that are going to be telling him you have to retire because of this a b or c but at this point it's tua that's his choice because it's his career and it's his body and i'm going to be 1000 percent behind him no matter what so I'm excited to watch the Miami Dolphins this year. Oh, yeah. As part of that amazing offense that they had last year, they get Vic Fangio as DC. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they traded for Jalen Ramsey. I feel like everyone kind of forgets that that happened. Uh, so Sneakily. I'm, it's it's going to be a very exciting season for the AFC. That AFC East is looking very stacked, especially if Aaron Rodgers ever decides to go to New York. <laughs> I feel like the Dolphins might have the most upside of maybe any team in in the NFL. Right. Um, because we haven't seen what their ceiling or what their cap quite looks like. Um, if Tua stayed healthy last year, no doubt in my mind that they would have probably made it to the second round i mean they, i mean they almost beat the bills with skylar thompson as their starting That's quarterback right. so, so had they had their guy back there it, it would have been a totally different story so i i think this team is 
uh, poised. McDaniel is one of the, the best young play callers in all of all of football. And as long as Tua stays healthy and, hey, they've uh, invented a new helmet uh, <laughs> for guys specifically like him. So, um yeah, I'm. I'm very curious to see how how these guys do. You know, alongside that talk, he was also talking about his jujitsu. Um, I think he was saying that he's still only a white belt, but he's you know going through the ways. He said he's having a lot of fun learning, you know, how to fall. And a lot of people, I remember talking about uh, him learning how to fall, and everyone's like, "How do you not know how to fall?" Well, let's not forget a couple of years ago when he had that hip injury. You know, the same hip injury that ended Bo Jackson's career. So maybe that shifted some kind of like muscle memory for him to, you know, forget how to fall correctly. You know what I mean? That's right. Because I feel like with an injury like that, I wouldn't put it past him if that affected him in a way. Because it was a very severe injury. Yep. I mean, it's it was Bo Jackson's injury. So it's very tough to see that happen. But very excited to see, you know, hopefully we won't be seeing him have to use his new methods of falling this year as you know hopefully miami improves that offensive line so that you know learn to fall like aaron Rodgers. <laughs> i don't want to bring up aaron Rodgers any more than we need to on this show however right. he knows how to fall like a kind of a limp sock puppet sock puppet <laughs> or like when peyton manning just saw a defender five yards away from him and, just and he melted. just yeah and he's yeah. like, I'm going to look out for my career on that's, this one. That's how you I do don't it. Need, I don't need another neck transfusion oh here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, we are coming up on the back end of the show today. Yeah, very short. But, hey, you got two hours of Josh Pacheco and Gary Dickman down in Growlers, Hawaii. There we go. Um, uh, yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Like you said, really big road show. Bailey Choi. Lily Wahine Kapu, more sec, and especially the main man, Josh Pacheco, down there co-hosting as well. Thank you very much, Hunter, and, you know, have a great day. See you guys down there.